This is Lisa Miller and Associates, Florida Insurance Roundup, your podcast on the people, issues, and regulations shaping Florida's insurance market. Now, here's Lisa Miller. Welcome, friends. We've talked before how new technology is changing how we manage insurance information. Today on the program, we're going to learn about blockchain, that mysterious distributed ledger software you've no doubt heard about, and how it's beginning to be used in the insurance marketplace. There have been numerous articles written about blockchain and how it can revolutionize the insurance by the different way it aggregates information. It holds promise in making insurance transactions faster, more accurate, and making risk itself more transparent. In Florida, blockchain technology could one day help identify uninsured drivers before they have accidents and begin the first notice of loss for flood claims before the rain is even over. But blockchain is not without controversy, for in some cases it can eliminate the middleman in particular insurance lines. Joining us today on the Florida Insurance Roundup is Christopher McDaniel, Executive Director of the Risk Block Alliance, which is part of the Institutes in Malvern, Pennsylvania. For more than 100 years, the Institutes have been the leading provider of professional education for the risk management and property casualty insurance industry. Along with us on today's program is Florida State Senator Jeff Brandis, Republican from Pinellas County in the Tampa Bay area of Florida. He's been a leader in encouraging the use of innovative technologies here in the Sunshine State, including legislation paving the way for greater use of autonomous vehicles and, of course, his leadership in the private flood insurance market arena. Christopher, let's begin with by asking you to explain to us simply and exactly, if you will, what is blockchain? Absolutely. And first of all, thank you for having me on the program today. I'm excited to be here and to share a little bit of what we're doing in the uh, blockchain space. So blockchain, unfortunately, has been made out to be very, very complicated. There's lots of jargon, uh, lots of acronyms, that kind of thing. And it gets, you know, the, the, the average consumer out there has a really hard time getting their arms around it, not to mention, um, you know, folks uh, that are in the insurance industry that are, are trying to understand what it's all about as well. So I can kind of explain blockchain in, in just three easy points. And if you get these points, you really get the concept of what blockchain is all about. So from an insurance industry standpoint, what blockchain really brings first and foremost to the table is that the concept of transactions can go away. Transactions being anything between two parties, whether that's the consumer and their insurance agent, or whether it's the insurance agent and the insurance carrier, any place that data has to move between two points, if you have a blockchain solution in place, everybody has ubiquitous instant access to that information. Number two, there's something called immutable, meaning it cannot be erased. So it is a permanent record that cannot be destroyed in any way, shape, or form. So it makes it great for insurance contracts. It makes it great for being able to put things in place as far as claims and things like that that can't be changed once they're recorded makes a great audit trail and makes it much safer for consumers because they can be 100% confident that their data is protected. Number three with blockchain is it has the capability to use something called smart contracts, a if-then-else statement. So you can say if this particular situation occurs, automatically do something on the blockchain. So it allows you to automate a lot of things. 
That is fascinating, and I it was very simple and easy. Even I can understand it. So, is there any connection? We hear Bitcoin a lot. Is there any connection uh, with that? It's unfortunate, but uh, uh, but a lot of times blockchain gets painted with the same brush as Bitcoin. Bitcoin is just an application that runs on top of blockchain. It also runs on what's called the public blockchain network, meaning everybody has access to it. So we're not talking about Bitcoin in the insurance space. We're talking about blockchain, which is the technology. How is blockchain applicable to insurance, and how is it being used right now? Blockchain is very new to everyone, insurance companies included, but a specific one that we just implemented uh, recently with Nationwide Insurance is we put in place proof of insurance. And what that means is, you know, right now, if two individuals get involved in an auto accident, you know, they each produce a paper insurance card, neither one really knows whether the other one has insurance. That insurance could have been canceled the day before, and, of course, the insurance card still says it's active. So there's no real way of knowing that, and you walk away from an accident not really knowing whether the other guy has insurance or not. So proof of insurance is something that we've implemented where basically inside the mobile app, and it could be Geico, it could be Nationwide app, it could be whomever's mobile app, but there's a plug-in in the app so that the two people that are involved in the accident basically can tap their phones together, and in a matter of seconds, it goes out to the blockchain and it comes back down and says the other person has insurance and how much coverage they have. So you have that uh, information instantly. So that's valuable to the individuals, but you can also imagine how that's valuable to the police departments and being able to verify insurance. And as you alluded to earlier in the program, it also has the potential down the road to help remove the the situation with uninsured motorists. Wow, powerful. So let me turn to Senator Brandis for just a minute. And, you know, having heard what Christopher's talking about with uh, his explanation of blockchain, And I know how hard you work to get people to say the word tomorrow and get away from today. What do you think it's going to take to get policymakers to even start talking about this? Because I never hear it in the halls of the Capitol. Well, I think they've got to see this. uh, You know, we've got to be able to cast a vision for where the insurance market and, frankly, the blockchain market over time is going. And I think that's uh, that's something that we've got to begin to lay the foundation for. Uh, it's, it's important that they begin to hear about how industry is using blockchain and especially the insurance industry is beginning to use it. Uh, and, uh, and so they can begin to think about how the implications will affect the state overall and, and the insurance products overall over the next few years. My sense is this is the next kind of wave in the insurance space uh, for transactions. And they need to be able to understand and begin to define and contemplate some of the opportunities that come along with this new technology. And going back to Chris, can you name some insurance companies that are engaging in blockchain? From the standpoint of some of the insurance companies that are involved, some of the largest ones that uh, household names that people are familiar with are part of what we're doing. Uh, Organizations like Nationwide Insurance, USAA, Geico Insurance. We have right now, we have 23 uh, insurance companies engaged. We'll probably be close to 60 by the end of this year. Wow. Well, it's moving and shaking. So, Senator Brandis, hearing how of the applicability to the insurance industry, and I'm trying to think with you, would we need legislation to embrace this technology? I mean, not, not that we know every chapter and verse in the insurance code, but help think through that with me. Sure. Let's 
use the example of the auto accident. You would want law enforcement to be able to verify the insurance as well. So there might be some opportunity for them to engage in the discussion and, and in order to be able to, to actually verify using blockchain technology that that car is in fact insured and that insurance is in fact valid. Uh, we can probably expand that out to driver's licenses and other things, but let's stay on the insurance space. That, that to me seems like an area where you would need some legislative authority to for them to begin to explore that opportunity. Perfect. That makes perfect sense to me. And as a businessman, um, do you see how you could get other than the insurance industry? Are you looking maybe transportation or manufacturing or the healthcare industry? Do you see uses just in your own uh, business prowess, how blockchain could be incorporated just at a high level? I think one of the big um, opportunities that that blockchain brings is uh, the ability to reduce fraud. And so to the extent that we can, you know, have all of these other services and reduce fraud, I think you're going to see a variety of businesses begin to use it. Many of them won't even know that they're using blockchain technology now. It'll just be the the, the new way to do business and, and will, over time, accrete and convert over to some type of blockchain framework uh, that they'll be using in the future. So I think uh, many businesses need to begin to understand, at least have a foundational knowledge of blockchain. But, but I think for many of them, it'll also be optimized operating in the background in many of the transactions that they make day to day, and uh, whether it be insurance, uh, or you could use it even for driver's licenses and things of that nature in the state of Florida, where we where we could use that type of technology to, to confirm, update all the uh, your driver's license and, and make that transaction much smoother and easier for, for the hardworking taxpayers I represent. Interesting. And let me throw it to you, Christopher. Is is he on the right track? I mean, you've been in this business. Are you seeing other industries? It sounds like the insurance industry is heading down the path. What else are you seeing out there? Yeah, it's really a very interesting convergence because if, if you think about it from the insurance standpoint, virtually everything that is done is insured in one way or another. So we are actually working um, with the trucking transportation industry right now. We're starting to have some conversations with the energy organization because all of the pieces and parts that they have need to be insured. So we're bringing efficiency to them through the blockchain, but it also helps the insurance industry as well. So I'll give you a good example in the transportation space. We are working with a very large transportation logistics company right now to put a version of our proof of insurance solution that we have in for commercial trucking. So what that means is that every time a truck driver goes to a depot and to pick up a load, there's a 30-minute manual process that everyone has to go through where they're scurrying around trying to make sure that that truck driver has the proper insurance uh, to pick up the load that they have to haul. And it has to be done every time because the load changes every time that they're picking up. And it's a very manual process, a very arduous process. You know, when you start getting into sensitive loads and things like that, it gets even more hairy. And it's just a big time waster in the trucking industry right now. Well, by bringing our proof of insurance solution in and plugging that in for commercial trucking, they can literally take that 30-minute process and take it down to less than 30 seconds to prove without a doubt, because, again, it's one source of truth in blockchain that that trucker has the proper coverage. That check, that one check that's 30 minutes now that we can take down to 30 seconds with that one trucking logistics company happens 200,000 times a day just for the one company. Wow. Talk about time savings and time is money. 
Do you see, and you heard Senator Brandis talk about the reduction or perhaps mitigating the risk of fraud. I mean, the minute we start talking about all this new voodoo technology, if I may say so, do we need to worry about that? Well, that's one of the nice things about blockchain, because it's immutable, because you can't delete records. It's the perfect trusted source for information. So if, uh, let's say, for example, if somebody's out there doing multiple claims for the same accident with different insurance companies and things like that, or maybe uh, another example everybody's heard of, they, they come up and bump the car from behind in order to get an insurance claim. There's lots of different ways that fraud occurs. Once all that claims information is on the blockchain and multiple insurance companies are putting it there, then you can do trending, then you can do predictive analytics where you're looking and, and determining uh, where the red flags are, and you can proactively go after that kind of thing in, in a much more rapid fashion than if you were investigating it as an insurance investigator by yourself. It really gives the tools to be able to ferret out fraud right from the beginning and put a stop to it. Senator Brandis, knowing the personality and the risk-averse nature of our legislature, do you think that they could be convinced that there's no propensity for fraud or hanky-panky going on with blockchain? What do you, how do you see our legislator, legislature reacting to it, especially with all the data breaches out there? Well, I think this is one of the interesting areas where the industry is moving very, very rapidly in this space. There's no real legislation, to my knowledge, that prohibits this type of technology or usage. And so I think it's it's one of these things that's going to be upon the legislature before it really has an opportunity to react or make adjustments. And and, and that's probably what's best for everyone. Uh, I think at the end of the day, sometimes this technology just needs to advance and the legislature will adjust around it. Love and it. I think that's probably the appropriate thing to occur in this space. I think the exciting thing is is that we're seeing rapid adoption and rapid embracing of this technology, largely because it drives value for insurers. I mean, many, many of these insurance companies are uh, very very focused on reducing fraud. Obviously, they see that as part of a, a negative piece to their rate base. And so I think the opportunity for them to speed along transactions, uh, they want to close things out quickly. The idea of automatic transactions, I think, really appeals to them. And obviously, the fraud provisions uh, and the ability to to alleviate that, I think, are all strong reasons why, why you're seeing large insurers begin to make this shift over. And I think over time, that's only going to continue. Thank you for that, Senator Brandis. Very good advice to just kind of let the technology embrace the legislature versus uh, doing it the other way around. Chris, could you talk to us about the lawyers? You know, you always have to talk about the lawyers with technology. Where are the attorneys in this space? And, uh, you know, is there case law? What's going on with that? Yeah, so it's interesting that not a lot of blockchain-type case law exists out there right now. So it's a little bit of the wild, wild west. And you know, and trying to anticipate what's going to happen. What we're doing, in, and we think this is a good forward-focused uh, approach, is we're, we're looking at it from a global standpoint. You know, what are, not just what's happening in the U.S., but what are other countries doing from a regulatory and a legal standpoint. So uh, one of the things that's coming into play on the 25th of this month in Europe is something called GDPR. And everybody's seeing all the stuff in the news lately about Facebook and all that kind of stuff. It really centers around the customer's safety uh, of their data, their right to control their data, the right to be forgotten, all of that kind of stuff. And we are basically taking, even though that's a European regulation, we see that eventually those kind of regulations and laws and things like that are probably going to come into play in the U.S. as well. 
So we're going to that level right from the beginning in what we've built because we would rather be uh, ahead of the curve from the regulatory compliance standpoint than, than playing catch up. Wow. I'm glad you're doing things proactively versus reacting to it. In the last couple of minutes that we have, I've been reading about the B3I initiative. Can you tell us briefly about that? Then we'll let Senator Brandis close. Go ahead, Chris. Sure. So B3I actually isn't part of the Institute. It's a another consortium, insurance consortium in Europe. They're focused specifically on reinsurance, and uh, we actually are in conversations with them now on how we can partner together. So what we cover uh, right now is property and casualty, life, annuity, and retirement. They cover reinsurance, but we're looking to work together so that ultimately there's one base and one approach to insurance from an end-to-end solution. Love it. And Senator Brandis, closing with you, knowing now what you've just learned, do you see there being anything immediately that we should do or there, we just should sit back and watch? Uh, you know, Short-term, long-term, what's your take? Yeah, I think in the, in the short term, we should focus on education, not legislation. I think we really need to explain the benefits, value, and uh, and how this is beginning to penetrate the market to individual legislators. And so I think it, we've got to continue to have a discussion with them, and then let's let them see this technology continue to add value and share with them why this is so important in their communities. And, uh, and let's let the market continue to develop uh, this new way to, to really think about transactions and, and new processes. As always, the great word from Senator Brandis. And Christopher, it's so nice to meet you as well. We will stay close. Christopher McDaniel, Executive Director of the Risk Block Alliance, thank you so much for being here on the podcast. Thank you. And Senator Brandis, as always, one step ahead of all of us, it's an honor to have you, and and you've done so much for insurance as well as many other industries in this state, and we wish you the best as you move ahead and helping all of us in Florida do great things. Thanks so much, Lisa. So with that, what an opportunity here to bring insurance innovators together with public policy innovators to collaborate on creating new and better insurance products and services for the marketplace, as well as you've heard me often say, all industries lead to insurance. So there's a lot of opportunity for cross-pollination, if you will. And what better place to do that than right here in Florida? We just heard about the potential for police officers with the help of blockchain to do real-time lookups of insurance information during traffic stops. Blockchain could also help regulate any type of, for that matter, that I'm following, some of the medical marijuana industry here in Florida that we've all heard so much about. So many opportunities. These efforts to use this technology can provide visibility across the entire transaction life cycle of many business transactions that occur daily in Florida. Exciting times indeed to look at technology that can help us work smarter, not harder, while providing enhanced consumer value and protection. So what do you think about blockchain? I'd love to hear from you. You can call us and leave your comments and questions for our later reply on air right here at the Florida Insurance Roundup by calling 850-388-8002. That's 850-388-8002. Would love to talk to you. And of course, drop me a line at Lisa Miller at lisamillerassociates.com. And with that, that's our best and greatest edition of the Florida Insurance Roundup to date. We thank you for being a part of it. And remember, at Lisa Miller Associates, we have a passion for policy and client success. I'm Lisa Miller. Until next time, be safe. 
This has been Lisa Miller and Associates, Florida Insurance Roundup, your podcast on the people, issues, and regulations shaping Florida's insurance market. For more information on today's program, please visit us on the web at www.lisamillerassociates.com.